0: those Pulling boys back at it again with another episode this time the world is much much worse it's the same as our normal show only just everything else is worse if you want some context stuff is a lot worse hunter how have things been worse for you this week
1: uh well um
0: a, a war started so that's really bad that wasn't sick that was no. objectively not cash money and we're gonna get into it but yeah. I don't th- I I don't mean to cause any controversy, but I'm going to stay right from the rip right here, Hunter, that Putin's behavior has not been cash money so far in no. regards to this entire situation.
1: I would even go so far as to say quite lame.
0: Don't put too fine a point on it, Hunter. <laughs> okay. Ostensibly the <laughs> Russians have internet. Uh What? I like when this all kicked off, people were talking about people were talking about how we were going to start cyber attacks and try and take down the Russian internet. And I yeah. was like, wow, both people in Russia with internet access are going to be so disappointed.
1: <laughs> that poor man in Siberia. <laughs> that no. poor man.
0: It's pretty much just Putin. And then uh. Putin's secretary. I think, uh, what a, what a complete dump. Anyhow. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get for being communist. We'll get into it more, but uh, but thank you for joining us on this journey. Welcome to the show. This is Carl Pulling, a show that will certainly get you fired. Why, you ask? Don't worry, here I am with the answers. Because we talk about things that you're not allowed to talk about. Uh, we're we're wearing out things that nobody wears. Aerosmith, I think. Oh, nice. We talk about religion, politics, psychology, philosophy, art, culture all that stuff and it makes everybody angry now cuz we live in an upside down clown world where no one can have a difference of opinion without their head literally exploding. Hunter Yeah. I got I got suspended
1: from Twitter again. I saw that. That was quite funny.
0: Yeah, I got suspended from Twitter and uh it was funny too because we'll talk about it later in the show. But I may or may not have tweeted what was perceived Perceived, perceived as a death threat to the kremlin
1: <laughs> and it was funny because
0: it was literally like i was banning myself like the button that said send me <laughs> should have just said ban own account because as yeah. soon as i clicked it the tweet posted and i got the white screen that's like you violated twitter's rules um it was a, it was pretty funny and then they send you a synopsis you know about Yeah, why you got explaining banned. why. Yeah, and and uh, for context, I'll just give you the tweet. Uh, now, I have since deleted this tweet. That being said, I stand by it. And I'm repeating it here because you can't... I mean, in theory, Apple could take me down, but uh, regardless, I, I feel like they're not listening. <laughs> the tweet said something to the effect of... And I tweeted it at the Kremlin executive twitter account which is putin's account or it would be putin's account if he ever actually posted to it instead of just running propaganda video after propaganda video on it but it said i hope you die in excruciating blistering pain in abject and utter terror i hope it lasts Hmm. an eternity and i hope it happens very soon and i stand by that but then i sent it i get bland they send me the little synopsis about why i got banned and they sure. said i i was hara- i violated their policies on harassment and i was like that's rich twitter for one what kind of american country like how soft have we gone we fought the reds but we've become yellow uh, and all that's left is china what kind of american company wouldn't pay its users to send death threats to the Kremlin <laughs> I miss nineteen sixty nine in a lot of ways, and not just because the summer was of legendary renown hunter mm. anyhow that that's my first point. Second, I got to thinking about it. was like, really, Twitter? when it comes to me and Vladimir Putin, I'm the harasser in this scenario. Yes, I think you, you might are you have young your man. power dichotomy completely off here. Christopher,
1: um, I've seen you invade small countries before.
0: So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I, I did so without many weapons. Now, I'm not and, saying
1: that it wasn't destructive, but mostly just to my own body and spirit. To be fair, those countries were anthills, and you did have a tractor. Um, so, you know. I,
0: I actually consider every time I travel across the border an invasion. Right. When I'm on a cruise, I invade six or seven countries. I wear the Viking hat on all of the excursions, and I I make I make a lot of empty threats. (laughs) That's that's kind of how I enjoy the trip, you know.
1: Oh man, you know people love that, especially when you tell them that you're going to slaughter their family with in a plastic Viking hat. That really just makes people feel loved. Um, You know what? I it's the juxtaposition
0: that makes them laugh because I got the one with the golden braids. And so, sure 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 it softens the blow you know what i'm saying
1: yeah exactly it's hard to get mad at a lovely lady with golden braids and a viking hat yeah. um you know what i'm really just stuck on though that i can't get past what a crappy smith that only makes arrows and i know that's not how you spell arrow smith but that's kind of where i'm at for the first time in my life realizing that that's what that means Um, I see you shaking your head. I'm so
0: disappointed in you.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair. I'm so disappointed Uh, in you. (laughs) I'm not happy with myself. First
0: of all, I hate to pull rank. Okay. But as the only one of us playing Elden Ring, I know quite well that arrows are not made by a smith. They're made by a Fletcher, you goon.
1: Yes, correct. He's obviously making the arrowheads for the Fletcher.
0: No, the Fletcher... (laughs) He's integrated his supply chain.
1: <laughs> he's he's vertically integrated. Yes, okay. now
0: he does it all.
1: I didn't know. I mean he that's so progressive of him. And that's even amazing.
0: still I know here where you are backpedaling like a, a <laughs> yellow journalist. But wouldn't you say the only thing he's making is the arrowheads then? And then wouldn't the band be called Arrowheadsmith? And I like Ooh. that less. Okay, we're moving on. Okay. Um Steven Tyler's mouth. Yeah, it's a great point. If you put if you put um the governor of Georgia Stacey Abrams' teeth in oh Steven Tyler's mouth, it would actually be proportionate. The ratio of teeth gap to mouth size would be correct. And that's saying a lot.
1: I can't disagree with that. I don't I have I don't have the ability to. Yeah.
0: Um wow. Her mouth might actually be that big, but all that fat on her face—you know that fat <laughs> that she carries on her face, Hunter? Yeah. You can't miss it, truly. Yeah. Um, because apparently she's always taking her masks off to show all of her fa- face fat to little her. kids. That yeah. crowds the lips in. Actually, it pushes I'm, inward that on that the sense. lips. Yeah. So the roadkill. I'm just going to save us
1: from this uh, purgatory. I, I, am, I, I am in a just very it.
0: bannable mood right now. I'm yeah. just really trying my best to get thrown off of all the internet. And, and we'll talk about it more in the show, but I'm just ready for someone to blow the trumpet. It's it's time to end this clown car yeah. trip of a, of a world. Let's, let's steer into the skid and steer into the sun. But uh, while we wait, I guess, Hunter. Delay our inevitable doom with the
1: roadkill for just a moment. The squad sit in seats when Biden says, fund the police. Um, so, Christopher, you'll remember back several years ago when the world was nice and everything was going well uh, in 2020 that uh there were riotings and people declared, you know what we really have to do is stop funding these police so much. We need... uh clinical workers out on the streets helping people with mental problems. What are we doing? How did it and the work in cry... Chicago? How's it going, right. To Detroit? Right. And the cry from many of the uh, Democrats and the uh, media, yet I repeat myself, all claimed that, yes, we must defund the police and we must uh, uh, remove funding from their budgets and find other ways to fund these other organizations. Uh, sometimes they said that, sometimes they didn't. And then Biden uh, actually made the statement, we have to fund the police, fund the police, fund the police, fund the police, in his State of the Union address. And wouldn't you know it, the progressives, including AOC, Corey uh, Bush, and I think Rashida Tlaib, sat down in their stairs and just went, ah.
0: Ah. Hunter, I'd want to clarify a certain point. Sure. He and his ilk have spent the last... I don't know, two and a half years kowtowing to a group of people that never would have said such a thing. And they've been making every liturgistic concession to them imaginable.
1: Yes. Putting them on in front of the magazines. Yes. So this yeah. is all correct.
0: And so when you say that Biden said fund the police, mm. did mm-hmm. he not mean that he wanted to bankroll a 13th studio album by legendary musician Sting?
1: Ah, uh, oh. I you almost yeah. just started
0: singing, uh, a <laughs> ooh 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 ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, is all funny. I want, and that would have been life imitating art imitating life. No um, doubt. you don't even know that police song, do you? No, I don't. Yeah, I thought so, but
1: I knew I, I was able to put two and two together, and I got uh ooh ooh ah. Essentially, uh, okay.
0: not not good enough. Anyhow, thank you. So you, I appreciate you think that. he was talking about the legitimate? police departments around the country when he said fund the police
1: i think he did i think that's exactly what he meant actually (laughs) okay okay a couple things
0: one go screw yourself okay joseph biden a full let's go brandon (laughs) to you 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 saw the polls you realize that you're completely underwater and yet again Like a wet grocery bag, you bluster around in the wind whatever direction it may go until you end up on the side of life's bitter, dirty highway, which is where you belong mild you you take every single stance on every single issue and yet and yet you manage to be wrong a hundred percent of the time you are a paradox of political stupidity and how dare you gaslight people by pretending that you weren't a fan of this 30 seconds ago before you remembered that 38 percent is a really crappy approval rating okay second point yep (laughs) How did these people get elected? AOC. I know she's in a district that is bluer than Clue's backside, but how <laughs> uh, she wouldn't know opinion polling if it put her into a cheap tin shaker and made a drink out of her, which is yeah. by the way all she's qualified to do. Like the idea that you you uh, yes, I'm playing both sides of the coin. They're so ignorant that they will they will never be relevant in the modern american politic anywhere other than the the deep deep blue ocean of, so of Barney, the upper right? upper mid-east yeah it, it's it's just insane it's just, these people are so bad at what they do so bad at what they do and the idea that you pout after defund the police has been reversed in many of the places that has been tried because people were getting murdered over and over and over and over again and you still think you're right is mm-hmm. so pretentious and so precious I, I don't know why we suffer these people and you know what just like right click drag or or control a the entire excel spreadsheet watching the state of the union last night was so disturbing it it, we look more and more like the government from the hunger games every year and i used to think those were just like crappy young adult novels and now i realize that they're prophetic it's (laughs) we are so decadent and so weird hunter talk to me about this thing where nancy pelosi started trying to make a fire in her hands behind joe biden when he was talking about tar pits burning pits of all things like what is going on I I legitimately have no idea what that hand motion is supposed to mean.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it means bring me Katniss, or, you know, the sacrifice. You know, I'm ready to burn something in the tar pit, but... Yeah,
0: I I assume it's something like I need the blood of a virgin to maintain my my hold on this mortal coil. Yeah, Yeah, no, not youth. Not youth, because she looks like a particularly old part of a particularly old-looking part of Master Yoda's anatomy. Her her face has been stretched more than saltwater taffy. She is absolutely (laughs) repulsive, and she does this thing with her knuckles. like She's trying to make her wrists touch through her hands. It is the weirdest thing
1: I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. It's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. My favorite part was when Chuck Schumer proved he's presbyterian by standing up to <laughs> applaud <laughs> and nobody else did and you know Hunter, he Hunter, didn't... come on
0: come on chuck schumer's not as bad as the presbyterians
1: <laughs> that's that's mean to presbyterians so. but he just kind of oh i feel oh i i guess not i felt the i scurry, guess not but, oh, you know what no it
0: passed i'll just take an antacid and sit back down <laughs> oh my well, It was a good time man yeah what a joke what, what that, a joke. It was it was extremely troubling to watch. Yes. And, and it's also just so frustrating <laughs> that that the state of the union is is pitiful by comparison to where we were pre-COVID. And yet right. Joe Biden comes out and blames COVID of which the primary destructive part was all of his fallacious policy surrounding it. We've lost millions of jobs mm-hmm. and he uh, mostly due to his his executive bureaucracy's orders which don't make any sense and now all the science has changed so we can see unfortunately nancy pelosi's face again unmasked and untethered like the one scene in star wars where darth darth vader removes his helmet <laughs>
1: <laughs> the okay Uh, she's Uh, she's so old it's disgusting (laughs) at least she has her hair crisp she's so old that i know
0: how she smells from looking at her (laughs) and and the sad part is you know exactly what i'm talking about you're smelling it right now i control your olfactory senses with your auditory senses this is the power i bring to bear (laughs)
1: I'm pretty sure you're Darth Vader, is what you just proved. But anyway, I know that's not a thing. That's canon. I am your
0: nasal cavity.
1: No, it's not possible. I jump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, if you want, if you want a live look into clown world, watch a recap of, of the State of the Union. Also, mm. Ukraine is Iran now. Um, sick. It's awesome ridiculous that we have. A special needs geriatric in the White House. I love how they blame it on his stutter. Like it's, it's it,
1: it, it, he that he got over that, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: a stutter's where you start saying the wrong word like seven times before you finally get it out. Um, saying saying the wrong word completely and not catching it and not correcting yourself. That's just being. Uh, 109 years old. Yeah. How old is Biden, actually?
1: Uh. Quick, Google. Tell me how old Biden is. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, this will tell me. This will definitely tell me, maybe. Uh, 79. So 79. look at that. Scranton, Pennsylvania. He and
0: Michael Scott, best friends. So I he he's been enjoying the the unfortunate state of life where your age exceeds your IQ for the past 20 years.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Rough.
0: Anyway, uh what Rough. a joke. What a joke. Speaking of jokes, uh we'll be talking about America and its response to Ukraine in part today, but mostly let's talk to about about the main story here this week. We're going to be talking about the The war that is going on in Ukraine, the Mm -hmm. Russian-perpetrated, unprovoked attack on another sovereign country. And in a lot of ways, Hunter, I'll set the stage a little bit. In a lot of ways, this isn't a surprise. It's not a surprise in general and not a surprise in specific. You know, was it back in 2008 when... When Vladimir Putin annexed Crimea, I believe it was right around then. It was in Obama's term, for sure.
1: I, I think that's 2014.
0: Well, 2014 is when he. It might have been 2014. I, I know 2014 is when he effectively started this proxy, false flag insurgency in um, Luhansk. What is it? Let me let me get it straight. Donetsk and Luhansk mm-hmm. on
1: the. It's- Eastern so he, border, he did annex Crimea in 2014.
0: Okay, okay, so that happened at the same time. Okay, yep. Um, what am I thinking of then? I'll look it up in a Are second. You, okay. Uh, at, at any rate, he he entered Crimea and he has basically been funding a shadow war in two of these eastern provinces in Ukraine since 2014, and and there's been fighting going on there, intermittent guerrilla terroristic style warfare in those areas since that time I and mean, truly for the past eight years mm. and uh i guess it was last week thursday or friday somewhere right in that area he announced that he was going on a peacekeeping incursion into ukraine that he recognized that luhensk and uh Donetsk were independent nations. He recognized them as their independent sovereign areas who wanted to be free from Ukrainian control, said he was going to go in and liberate these areas and was going on a a peacekeeping mission into Ukraine. Now, cut to a week and a half later, the Russian government has shelled and, and bombed the entirety of the country, Of Ukraine literally from from east to west north to south there is no major geographical region that has been left untouched by at least some of the shelling he's committed a full-scale invasion coming from Belarus which is just a Russian proxy at this point in Mm -hmm. the north uh, by sea in the south from the from the Black Sea and coming across eastern Ukraine as it approaches uh Uh, Kiev in the center of the country not only that he's also stacking up uh, military around I'm gonna try and pronounce this right but Kharkiv Kharkiv something like this um, which is one of the other major population centers in the country and so Mm. he is he's filling in and we'll get into some more specifics about the timeline rolled out but that's the score right now is what started in theory as a as a peacekeeping mission has turned into a full-scale invasion not only that but the US intelligence was warning us since what October November of last year that yeah. this was in the works that he was amassing troops that this was this plan was going to be set in motion so that's what i mean when i say it's not surprising in general or in specific he's been fomenting insurrection in the country since 2014 and he has been Mobilizing military and preparing to mobilize military for eight years. So, yeah, Hunter, fill in the gaps like a really good creamy peanut butter. Okay,
1: yeah, no, I I think that I think what you laid out there is correct and accurate of what's been going on. Um, Putin has been uh, wanting pieces of Ukraine, and there's a lot of history that kind of gets. Involved in all that. I think that's going to be relevant to our conversation today. Um, You know, since 91, um, which is an easy year for me to remember because dox myself. Um, So anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, uh, when the Soviet Union fell, you know, Russia has been in a really strange place. And Putin's rise to power there has led to some really unfortunate events um and what's what's really happened in the same time that the soviet union fell is that you know the western world has just kind of lost its path its north star so to speak and that's caused a lot of problems and that's what brings us really to the meat and potatoes of what's going on in ukraine today that christopher kind of laid out so well for us is a country that believes in um itself its own identity who it is as a people is being bullied by someone who sees the world as himself versus the rest of it, right? And it's it's dangerous, it's scary, and I th- uh, I think the people in Ukraine have just proven, um, well, that David can still beat Goliath. Um, so anyway, it's, yeah,
0: yeah, and and let's there's a lot of different angles to discuss here. I'll tell you yeah. what, what I'm most interested in, Hunter. Uh, I am most interested primarily in the Ukrainian people. Uh, Yeah. They, much like the Russian people are a group that is beset uh, by tyranny Russians by their own government and Ukrainians by another. And I'm not saying that the Ukrainian government is spotless in all regards. It's not, but the, the, tyrannical element is certainly coming from the east in this in this case Mm -hmm. uh my heart goes out to those people you know uh there is there is something very disturbing about strongmen being given the ability to to run roughshod and, and empire build in the modern world and we don't see it that often. You know, there's there's places where where it exists. I mean, Afghanistan's a great point so we can talk about that mm-hmm. some more later too, but but it it exists. And evil exists and violence exists and it is it is rampant. But the type of of broad scale unilateral violence against a right. sovereign nation is is shocking. We haven't Yeah we haven't seen an invasion like this um of this scale in a very very long time in fact i believe this is the biggest troop mobilization uh not just in europe but in the history of the planet since since 2014 i'm sorry 1945 <laughs> so mm-hmm. i was just a few years off you'll excuse just a my few. bad math so yeah. anyway it's 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 shocking to see there's there's a lot to process there and the spirit of the ukrainian people and and the russian citizenry has been really heartening i think there's a couple of of things that we'll we'll talk through there i'm also really interested in the the reasons that this happened the things that happened leading Mm -hmm. up to it including the west's um behavior and actions in its instigation seeing as we are one of the only global competitors of, of Ukraine. Uh, also, Europe's, Europe's um, response to reaction. Global competitor of Ukraine? I'm sorry, of Russia. Um, okay. And, and I'm also interested in what should we do now. I'm interested in uh, yeah. what you think about about where things go from here. So, so, first off, let's talk a little bit about the incredible positioning and yeah. spirit of the the ukrainian people because that this this has been extremely unique what is going on here to Mm -hmm. to give you some context the russian military budget is 10 times that of ukraine's uh ukraine does not have the equipment does not have the technology does not have the personnel that the russian government has and I suspect very strongly that what Putin thought was going to be a two to three day long sortie has turned into a week and a half of of brutal fighting with with losses on both sides. Um, Yeah, I think that if you were going to look at the embodiment of the Ukrainian spirit here, you would have to look at President Zelensky uh Mm -hmm. what what an incredible figure you you want to you want to talk about a way to make sure that you never assimilate (laughs) into a country that is trying to empire build on top of your head you you elect a man like like Zelensky yeah he he has been unhinged and unchallenged in his response to this conflict i mean you see picture after picture of him in fatigues and body armor out on the line with his soldiers which is a uh, very outdated idea and a very very good one in my yeah, estimation
1: a, l- a lot of that's old but like some of that's propaganda uh oh, the yeah, body armor for sure for sure, but for sure. But but the thing that isn't propagandistic about Zelensky at all is the fact that he's standing in the middle of Kiev with his cell phone and basically telling the Ukrainian people what you know the situation they're in and telling them you know glory to Ukraine right that that is that is leadership in a crisis right is it propaganda yes but it you know it's not. It's well, happening. If that yeah, makes sense.
0: it's also true. So, yeah, yeah, does it, exactly. Is, and it's rose-tinted for sure, but it's uh, it's marketing more than propaganda. I would say.
1: And the and the phone call to Western Power saying I don't need a they're telling him he needs to leave. He's like I don't need a ride. I need ammunition, which is like I don't even need you here. I need bullets. Yeah. right? it's what is what that's saying. And I I think that's the thing that makes Zelensky so powerful in this moment. And it's just it's shocking because Zelensky is a comedian, right? um That's how he got. He was a comedian before he got into politics. Hunter, so it's Hunter, very. Let me up the ante for you.
0: I just learned this today. Sure. In sure. the Ukrainian dub of Paddington Bear Two, Zelensky uh-huh. is the voice of
1: Paddington Bear. So yeah, that just tells you who you're dealing with right now. Is I mean that madman. Honestly, <laughs> so...
0: Putin might ride bears, shirtless, Zelensky for a photo op. A but Zelensky sleeps in a cave and hibernates. <laughs> he subsists mostly on berries
1: and his tracks
0: yeah. are bigger than a horse's hoof
1: you should I, there fear with Zelensky. did you see the picture of him signing the uh eu application between two of his men um i don't know who they were but they were like i don't know six foot five six foot eight and Zelensky, i think is like uh Five foot ten soaking wet, yeah, and so like in between them, it was just like he, he's just he is not an intimidating figure, and he's not, um, and he, his background would not you would not expect him to have this backbone, but he's becoming Churchillian, like he's having quotes that actually will go down in history, remembered by the Ukrainian people for all time if they're around at, at the end of this conflict, oh, like, yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, he is, he is. Cementing the culture of a nation in yep. into the tablets of eternity is what he's yeah, doing right exactly. now. I mean, some of the things that he's saying will never be forgotten, and, and yep. it's it's not just Zelensky, although he is this central galvanizing figure, and he is staying in Kiev when he did not have to, and he mm-hmm. is the primary target as far as we can tell of the Russian war machine. In mm-hmm. theory, their goal here, if not to completely annex Ukraine. Which, the longer this goes on, the more pretext they have for doing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, but it seems that, at least in initially, their goal was to kill Zelensky and install a puppet government of their own choosing, which is very similar to what they have done in Belarus uh, without the assassination, basically. So
1: Yes, yes. Well, the, the, pres- the president in Ukraine prior to Zelensky was very pro-Russian. So they were almost, they almost had that. And then Zelensky got nominated, and Russia's very upset about that. Yeah. And Russia,
0: they're upset mostly that they had an election. You know, Russia is not big (laughs) into elections. Um, I say that half joking. There, there is something about the Russian spirit that, that does miss the USSR that I think extends a little bit further down than most people would like to admit. Um, Yes. And I want to talk more about the heroism of Ukraine, but, I, uh, but let's give the devil his due here real quick, Hunter. They, there have been many, many thousands of Russians protesting this war who have been arrested in the streets of Russia. And yep. hats off to them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. if you know what them. your government's like. You know mm-hmm. what the, the legacy of the Blue Caps is. You know the legacy of the Lubyanka. And you're still out here in the street protesting the atrocities committed by your own government. So hats off to you. Um, Mm. There's that's real bravery too. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't look down our nose at it. Uh, it, It's like people in China who speak out against China. This is a, this is a dangerous thing to do and they're following their conscience and, and following uh, the part of them that, that loves Liberty and yearns for freedom. And I, and I have the utmost respect for that kind of behavior. Um, Yeah. So so that being said, good good on some of them but but there is something to the fact that Russia, like Germany, is not interested in comfort nearly as much as they're interested in glory. Um, and that yeah. Yeah, of course, is directed primarily at the oligarchy, but does extend down. Um,
1: I was listening to uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast, and he had someone on discussing this, and it's I, it was something I was unaware of, but the Russian culture for many, many years. Even even during the uh, the medieval ages, always saw itself as Europe, but more, right? And then, especially when the Bolsheviks took over, they saw themselves as something different and special and better than the rest of Europe. So we kind of lumped them together in our own minds, which is kind of like how we see Europe, right, from the American perspective. But no, and 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 a part of that identity does go down to that uh, to the USSR, like it absolutely does. Um, which is what you're alluding to here and it's you know it's something that's been there for a very long time. Well yeah so. I mean
0: they've been the seed of empires for a long yep. time. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably the Ottoman Empire most notably but but quite near the Babylonian Empire and, and uh, part of the Persian Empire. And so I mean they have been they have been a major a major player in these historic, very ancient empires as well as the modern one that was the USSRs absolutely yeah. A- Empire, and you just look by landmass. I mean, like no one beats no one beats Russia. Uh, no, now yeah. most of their land is permafrost. Oh, I, it's my personal belief is where most of the aliens live. But okay, well, if you've got lizard people in the Kremlin, why not have you know greys in the north? I just think it makes sense when you look, Hunter. When you look at a map of the clockwork, the clockwork demons, psychophant aliens. You know, wow, I'm a believer. Now a you- uh, do you want to know something <laughs> crazy? Like uh, and This just keeps happening. I don't know what to do with the information. Uh, my assumption is that if you shoot enough bullets into a room that contains a target, one of them, by the law of large numbers, has to go through the target. Literally, kay. Alex Jones has a clip from last year saying there will be war in Russia in February. and It's like how i don't know how this keeps happening it makes me question everything i believe
1: maybe he just every every couple of months he says the next month you know He might have, like, like,
0: he he might just spend, like, three days a month just recording predictions and only
1: releasing them after the
0: fact. I don't know. (laughs) It's just, I saw that clip and I was like, God, no, why is this happening? (laughs) This Um, is our prophet? This is him? (laughs) Anyway. Oh, my gosh. What if all the prophets are just Alex Jones being reincarnated?
1: Oh. Oh, no. Like, Elijah's just like,
0: just listen up for a second. (laughs) It's like no I'm going to get a bear
1: out of the woods and it's going to eat those kids over there. They're making me mad.
0: Look. Those those kids over there, they're not kids. They're they're interdimensional clockwork transhuman demonoids. Um <laughs>
1: anyway, I just
0: I just I, I don't know what to do with it.
1: Well, and we've taken that turn.
0: <laughs> welcome to InfoWars 2. <laughs> yeah. Um anyhow, just bizarre, but mm-hmm. um let's so, so that that is true about russia and i I think that I think that that is why politicians like lenin still still prove very popular over
1: there you know and, right. and why they're still right. we don't want weak leaders we want leaders that bring Russia back to its glory right right, right that's right. the idea
0: and, and despite the even in some cases the personal tragedy that people have experienced or people's relatives have experienced at the hands of the russian leadership they still have this fondness for a strong man because um i think it's a i think it is a little bit of a symptom of collectivism you know
1: yeah sure yeah absolutely yeah it requires it
0: yeah Yeah. And and that's one of the reasons I think that they have such disdain for the West. But enough about Russia. Let's talk about some more examples of Ukrainian bravery. And let me just clarify by saying this. It is impossible to tell what of this is apocryphal, what of it is not. You know, we learn more about these stories all the time. Um, And honestly, I don't care. I want the ukrainians to have every advantage possible including propaganda if that helps and that's not me preferencing not telling the truth it it is all's fair in love and war and i believe that so yeah. uh except for not love all's not fair in love just oh. war i, I don't oh. know why I ever anyone ever collated love and war like they're very different things if yeah. if you're using similar tactics for both let me suggest to you that you either are very very bad at war or very demonstrably
1: bad at love like so, like cat- so for the day i'm going to start with the uh, west flank <laughs> um please stop and i'm gonna stop. Like, okay <laughs> not, not because i'm worried about what you were gonna
0: say but because i know i won't be able to stop myself
1: i know i know i i completely understand what you're worried about um. yeah because <laughs> yeah. i was just gonna use very very dull terms yeah, but it I, not make sense and yeah okay
0: yeah I'm already, i've explained
1: I, that enough i'm already planning troop movements um okay
0: anyhow so um so let's talk about some of the cool examples of, of of bravery that we've seen uh probably the least reputable one off the get is the ghost of kiev i don't care if it's true or not okay it's I've seen, definitely not video game footage i've seen the one clip oh there's been plenty of video game clips yeah there's also yeah, one yeah. clip of a, a a parent fighter zooming along the ground like at I don't know, 10 feet above the tops of buildings, making a 180 degree turn north and smoking a plane out of the sky. I saw this footage on a uh, back channel user sourced application back at the beginning of the conflict, have not been able to find it since. So I, I have no idea what I was looking at, but um, I don't care. I want to watch the movies. I want to play the video games. When Ghost of yeah. Kiev comes to PS Five, it'll Dude. be uh, I'm just going to be in the VR helmet for a month. Um, yeah, it, I love it. It's um, it's a wonderful story if it's not true. Um, then yeah. let's talk about some stuff that has some more some more realistic backing to it. The Snake Island Gang, which is apparently alive. Apparently, they were shelled several times and then rescued. Um, not dead, as people initially suggested, uh, as as best we can tell. But we, you had 13 people sitting on an island, being told to surrender by a Russian warship, and the response to that was "Go f yourself, Russian warship." Beautiful chef's kiss. There's hmm. there's nothing better than than spitting in the face of tyrants, as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm. One of my favorites, and this one I think is probably one of the most credible because I you you watch this interaction happen. Of course, the subtitles might not be correct in English, although you do see this lady hand uh, an implement over to the to the uh, Russian involved. But you see a Ukrainian woman just absolutely berating a Russian insurgent, um, and it, it's it's showing what she says in the uh, the subtext, and then she she hands him something which he retrieves and it's a sunflower seed and she says something to the effect of, it's not to eat put it in your pocket so that when you die you'll plant a beautiful sunflower in ukraine uh chef's kiss this is the stuff of
1: legends and and so the thing that's really interesting about that story apocryphal or not right regardless it's a it's a lady angry at this person the sunflower is like the flower of ukraine like if you drive you will see fields of them it's like their thing so it's like it's even in that way it's like you know it, it, it's culture building right right Apocryphal or not regardless if that's what that she gave that man or not she was obviously very angry at him and stuff but I mean it's 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 a it's a beautiful sentiment regardless true or not
0: yeah now let's talk about the stuff that's verifiable then uh sure. completely verifiable Ukraine is defending itself far better than it has any right to there's something. Yeah. There's something spectacular going on in our midst here.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the fact the first city just fell. Like it's been a week, and I mean, I mean, it should be it should be way more than that at this point. Where they should, uh, Putin should be like eating cupcakes in Kiev. Anyway, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, does he eat? Oh, or I'm do, sorry. He do should... lizard people just photosynthesize from the light of the sun?
1: I thought they wrestled their enemies and then consumed them. Um, but swallow,
0: swallow them whole and then lays about for multiple days digesting them slowly like a sarlacc pit.
1: Yeah, like a sarlacc pit. That's not how a snake.
0: I imagine Putin eats. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Yeah, but no, you're totally right. This should be over, um, and it, it really speaks to a couple of things. One, it speaks a little bit to the response of the Europeans and the West who have been sending material into ukraine to help them defend themselves you know there's there's a lot of anti-armor capabilities going to the to the um ukrainians that has been very helpful that's a small part of it but in larger part it speaks to the spirit of the ukrainian people and also how they're perceiving this crisis uh they are they're brave and they are desperate desperate for freedom And, and they're fighting like not just like a, a animal backed into a corner, but an animal backed into the corner who has uh, the moral high ground on their side. They are fighting yes. fiercely and defending themselves fiercely, and a lot of that has to do with Zelensky's leadership, in my opinion. But um, it, it's it's heartening to see. It's heartening to see people respond to tyranny like this, because this is exactly what tyrants deserve. Six Semper Tyrannis. Give them hell. Um, mm. I, I think offering
1: I th- your people guns and them showing up to take them in droves. Absolutely. Right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. It,
0: it's, it's, um, there it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful people that would, that would defend each other, their neighbors in such a way and band together in the face of overwhelming odds. And you really, there's not enough that can be said for what an inspiration and what a what a triumph their response has been so far because they, they mm-hmm. did not on paper make it past day three. So Yeah. That yeah. that is that is wonderful. And it, it that's that's why I don't care about the total veracity of these stories because they're sure, true yeah. in spirit. They're true enough, you know? E- yeah, even yeah, if yeah. this story's fake, the the underlying condition is absolutely valid that these people um, are never gonna say die you yeah. know so that's been that's been touching and tragic and wonderful to see all at the same time so mm-hmm. that's uh that's probably all i need to say about about that uh i you know i i we hope them the best we hope that they're successful ukraine yes. deserves to be uh free just like just like any any place on on the planet the uh the tyranny of strong men deserves to be challenged at, at every available level.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: With that said, let's transition Hunter into talking a little bit about the political and socio-cultural positioning of this, this engagement because um, secondary to the focus on the Ukrainians and their struggle and the humanitarian situation over there, I think it's it's useful for us to break down the context of what's happening, the West's involvement in what's happening, and and the score a little bit. So, okay, I'll, I'll start by saying this: that this conflict has been brewing since the end of World War II, uh, and, yeah, and not absolutely not this context specifically, but this context in general, or this this conflict in general. You know, you can apply that to Belarus, you can apply that to Turkey, you can apply that to uh, Chechnya, you can apply that across the board. Um, This is a a symptom of that conflict in a certain sense. When when Germany was reunited in the post-Soviet bloc era, and they joined the North American Treaty Organization, there was an understanding, let's say, by the Russians yeah. that NATO would not continue to expand to the east. Yep. That is not exactly what has happened.
1: That is not, not even close. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, gotten a, it's gotten a fair bit closer. Once in 1997, I think once in 2004.
0: So Poland, um, Poland is, a, is a member of NATO. Yep, Um, I believe Latvia is a member of NATO, which is a post-Soviet bloc country.
1: I I saw this amazing GIF the other day of like the defense ministers of various countries, and it was like five women was Germany, Sweden, Finland, something like that. Like these, uh, Austria was one, and they all look happy and they're smiling and they got nice blonde hair. And then it showed you the defense ministers of China and Russia. And, like, you know, just grim faces, you know, with, like, their their military garb and, like, you know, like, whoa, these are the bad guys. And then it showed Poland, and it looks like this guy that has just gotten the tar beaten out of him every day. <laughs> and, like, just is, like, you know, grim and determined and, like, seen every war. And I'm just, like, this guy eats uh, eats invasions for breakfast. Yeah. And it was just, like, yeah, I guess I guess so, you know, at this point. So, absolutely. Anyway.
0: And, and here i've I've
1: pulled up a list now
0: Uh, this this is the expansion of nato that that happened in 2004 that has gotten pretty close to russia's doorstep you've got Mm. romania croatia uh, croatia was 2009 latvia slovakia uh, lithuania slovenia estonia so a lot of these baltic a lot of these formerly soviet bloc countries have been added to nato um, yes. And let's be very clear, uh, Russia and Putin hate NATO. They despise NATO. Yes. They are uh, very aggressive to it. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of bad takes about this particular conflict. One of the bad takes is that the West brought this on to Ukraine because we weren't ensuring Russia that, that they would remain neutral or remain outside of NATO. Yeah. This is, a, this is an idiot's take. Now, there's a p- certain amount of political pragmatism to it, which I will grant it. However, the key point is this. What treaties a sovereign country enters into is its business yeah. and its business alone. Sure. Russia is the bad guy for trying to impose its will on the treaty making of its neighbors. No, yeah. uh, don't get it misconstrued. Now, you can say it wasn't wise for Ukraine that, to reach out to NATO if you want yep. to. And that can be argued in multiple different ways. But don't misconstrue the fact that the West is cannot be the bad guy here the west is not to blame for the fact that russia tries to impose its tyranny on countries
1: where it does not reign sovereign full stop yeah yeah i think what's happened supremely since 1991 is that russia has seen its influence dwindle in countries closer to it and the western influence has continued to Improve and grow and and uh, foster unity in regions throughout Europe. Um, I remember about three or four years ago, I was standing in Ukraine in Kiev, uh, which is a weird thought. And I was looking up at a banner running across one of the buildings, and it had some Ukrainian written on it, and then it translated it in English right next to it. And it was a long chain, and it was broken, and it said "Freedom is our religion," is what the message said, and so that's the place that russia just invaded it doesn't share the same view on its culture and it's obvious that western culture has continued to grow within it and um well that's intimidating to russia because they see the world in a sense as them versus america right and they think america as an existential threat to their survival in some ways like we used to think during the cold war Uh, what's happened here that's become so concerning in the political class and everything that's happened there is we've really, uh, made some mistakes with Russia, beginning with Obama, uh, and his comments to Mitch, to, uh, Mitch Romney, Mitt Romney, excuse me. Um, you know, saying that Mitch Romney, it's just
0: Mitt Romney in a backwards hat.
1: Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and so, uh, you know, saying that, you know, the Cold War called, it wanted its foreign policy back in their debate and trying to smooth relations over there for for time and time and time again till eventually when Trump became in office and it was uh, kryptonite to actually touch Russian officials, right? Um, and so the issue that that creates is it, I mean, the gears for the entire time that Trump has been in, haven't been greased between us and Russia, right? Like, the people that were involved in communicating with them and talking with them and having conversations, the political uh, avenues that we have have actually been removed in a large sense. Um, yeah, which, the, which was
0: in no small part due to the media as well. Right, uh, I mean, exactly. The, the, the gaslighting of the Trump administration saying it was some kind of Russian carve-out for years yes. and years and years did limit our ability to be
1: strategic with Russia for sure. And the, the important thing to say is our soft negotiating power. Yes, there was hard negotiating power and that's something that we had, but our soft negotiating power was stolen. Yeah. Right. And well, and and so, now
0: in Obama's third term, which has just been whitewashed and aged significantly. Yes. Literally has, a, I mean, Biden has a quote basically saying that Russia is not a global competitor. He sees them as a cooperator, Um, And it's just like, that is obviously not true. This is a country that will never be at peace uh, with the West in an ideological sense. They are beaten, they are battered, they are bruised, their economy is in shambles. They have the gross domestic product of like one of our states, not our entire union. They're poor, they're impoverished, they are communist. It will never work out for Russia, you know, and we are anathema to their identity and their way of
1: life but like china the world of capitalism has propped up their economy yeah, absolutely. and that's one of the that is one of the scariest things about this whole issue too is that yes sanctions are happening and yes sanctions are working they're absolutely destroying russia's economy and their their purchasing power uh taking them off swift and and all those things are having an effect on their country uh, and their ability to um in a way i don't think putin uh realized they would quite frankly um but we're still buying gas from them right america thousands and thousands,
0: uh, and thousands and thousands of barrels uh, and and so is so is most of mainland europe whose economy for years has been completely dedicated to buying fossil fuels from russia because we have this insane green progressive ideology that thinks that energy dependence comes secondary to windmills or some other shite it, it is completely untenable and, and you you look at what happened in ukraine and how fast all of mainland Europe renegotiated its position on green policies, and it's like, yeah, when you're reminded that the real world actually exists, you dispense with all of this childish nonsense in short order.
1: Yeah, and I think um, one of the thing I think this is true, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but I think Germany is actually going to... Uh, just, just, and I know we're going a lot of places and there's so much, so many things to talk about, but Angela Merkel being removed as, uh, the cha- uh, chancellor of Germany. Yes. Uh, yes. And so Olaf Schultz coming in, um, since this has happened, he said, you know what, we've got to spend 2% of our budget on military, which is a big increase in case you wanted to know. We've also got to open up ports. Um, I believe this is true. This is the part I don't know, but I'm pretty sure this is true to receive gas from America. That's been fracked from, from North America, including our Canadian brothers
0: creating two Northern ports um, for receiving liquid, liquid natural gas
1: because of what they're seeing is happening with Russia. They can, they, they got to pay the money to not be involved here. So, um, you know, and why, why is all this happening now, Chris, right? Why are we just figuring this out now? Well, there, there's two pieces to that. One is it's happening, and so we're pe- finally paying attention, right? That's the obvious point. But the second was we believed everybody would see the world as we saw it, that the wars were over and that the end of history had happened, right? And that Russia invading a sovereign state would never happen. And that did two, And that really made us weak morally, our inability to defend this and to do what's right, and took away from us the political power to stop this before it happened, yeah. right? And if we if we had been, we are a force of good in the world. We are a we are a force that defends the weak and the downtrodden, and anyone who wants to cross that line has to deal with us. We we could have created a world, us the West, Ukraine, everybody who wanted to buy into that idea, you know, full heartedly, that would have been able to stop Russian aggression without anything, without a shot being fired, right? And unfortunately. Unfortunately, we don't live in that world. And unfortunately, we were not creating that world. And now I think Europe, to some extent, has woken up and said, we actually have to start creating that world. Uh, and it, almost to the extent regardless of America is with us or not in a meaningful way. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure, we're doing sanctions, but we're not, we're not getting uh, Ukraine into NATO, and they're getting them into the EU you know it's it's a it's a strange time for for certain so and let's
0: anyway. talk about that because there's there's a whole lot to unpack there and and, and yeah, maybe this is going to be a long episode but but america's foreign policy is is broken and and yes, it, exactly. it's a symptom of america's bureaucracy being broken and america's bureaucracy being broken is a symptom of our culture being broken and yes. our culture being broken is a symptom of us exalting our own humanity above reality above truth mm. and you that that is a a golden chain if you want to be able to correctly identify the failures and the, the bloodshed that that lands on our doorstep for being the most powerful impotent country in the world the mm. mm-hmm. in the history of the world by the way our foreign policy for years for years operated under this primary misapprehension that the only thing that people around the world desired was comfort and security, that the liberal ideas of the West were shared by not only our allies, but also our enemies. This is a major miscalculation. And you know, it is, this is, this is where you got to give props to the Trump administration. You know, for all the prevarications about him being Putin's inside guy, Why in the blue kazoo did this happen under Biden? Uh, And and just one year
1: into Biden. There is tape of Trump sitting with with political uh, actors in Germany saying, you have to stop Nord Stream 2. Yes. You have to stop buying Russian gas because they are not our friends. They are enemies. And you have to start buying American gas because you're in NATO. Stop playing around. And you know what? Trump was right. A hundred percent.
0: And you want to talk about where Trump shined. And there were things he did domestically and economically that I don't think were very conservative that I'm not a big fan of. There was his soft positioning on a million things that I disagree with. Trump's foreign policy was airtight. And I I don't mean kind of. I mean probably the best that we've ever had um, outside of wartime. His handling of ISIS Absolutely decimated the power of the the insurgents and rebels in the Middle East. His mm-hmm. handling in in Israel was unparalleled, and and, and this is the real it's window still having a good effects. Y- yeah, absolutely, this is the real window into the the difference between. People that make policy from a position of reality and people that make policy from a position of hugs and kisses, every human being is generally good. Because for years and years and years, the policy wonks in the West had been saying that the only way to have peace between uh, between Middle Eastern countries was to make major concessions to Palestine. Make Mm -hmm. major concessions to Palestine. Trump comes into office. He moves the embassy to Jerusalem, where it should have been for decades, and says, we don't negotiate with terrorists, and we're going to defend our allies. And what happens? What happens? Saudi Arabia, the Emirates, they make world-breaking, unthinkable peace deals with Israel without Any concession without a single concession with no preconditions, with nothing at all, which the policy wonks were saying would be impossible, 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 because they think what everybody wants is just a pat on the head and a full belly and a tummy rub. And it's not true. There are people around the globe that do not care about comfort, that do not care about security, that care about things that the West fundamentally doesn't understand.
1: The thing that's so interesting about that, Christopher is when you say you when you, to your child like you can't come back to dinner until you um, until you calm down once once you've had that conversation with them and they do calm down, they come to dinner and they realize that being at dinner is better than throwing a fit. Yeah, and so you get the same effect that these wonks wanted when you're tough, when you say, "Look, look, you're gonna have a rough time unless you decide to calm down and be friends with us." Right. And until you do that, things are going to be hard for you and we're going to make sure they're hard. Right. And then when you, when you want to come and have a good time and be with us and do this stuff. Okay, great. No problem. Come hang out with us. But until, and know that we're watching you when you come back to the table, know that we're looking to see where you're going to make a mistake, but this is always open to you as long as you want to play by the rules. Right. And that, that has been the miracle of America. In my opinion, and how we've handled our empire, so to speak, right? Um, and so I think I think giving people autonomy, right—the the choice to join in it, right—is this better than what you have? Is kind of the is kind of the call of the West. If so, come, right? And, and, and so and all you have to do to get there, all, the only requirement of you to
0: get to that position is to acknowledge that there will be people who choose evil for evil's sake; they will choose yeah. to murder their own prospects so that they can continue to be evil and it's anathema not just to the political leanings of the policymakers and the bureaucracy in general it's actually an anathema to to this human centrism in general this this yeah cult of of progressive uh humanism It, it it yeah Speaks directly against the core tenet of their beliefs, and that's why we're suffering right now. It 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 is a failing of our culture, which is upstream of our our politics, to believe that if you if everybody has a warm meal, everybody will be good. It's not true. It's never been true. Trump opened up this window and let us see it. And and to your point, under Biden enters office, and he the first thing he does is he greenlights Nord Stream two, and then we're here twelve months later with Ukraine being invaded and stacking up the
1: bodies of of Ukrainian children in the streets. It's a he shame. He also cuts off the he also cuts off the pipeline that was going to ensure more gas made in America. That's that's right. right.
0: That's another thing that we haven't even talked about. Under Trump yeah. under Trump, America was energy independent for the first time in a long time. We had right, achieved right. energy independence. It is absolutely we were selling gas. the moral thing to do. It is the yeah. moral thing to to produce enough to take care of your own. And not mm-hmm. to rely on I- anyone if possible, but especially not your enemies, and now we're yeah. funding the war machine that's invading Ukraine. It is yeah. highly, highly disturbing, and we're doing it at the behest of this this uh, genocidal, in a certain sense, green agenda. It's yeah. the same people that, that are saying we sh- we shouldn't be energy dependent are the same ones that saying we should put a cap on the world population.
1: The thing that's so shocking about this, too, is it wasn't necessarily that by buying Russian gas that we were using less gas in Germany or wherever, right? It was the fact that we were producing less gas, right? Not consuming, right? And what that tells me is there was some spreadsheet somewhere that said, our goal in 2025 is to be producing this much gas in our country to meet some goal set by some D- Davos organization, right? Right. That's absurd. That's insane, right? If we could make gas and we can make it cheaper, or, or we could we could make it comparable to the Russians, it's better for a NATO country to buy from another NATO country than Russia yeah. every day of the week. If that's and your
0: cons- constituency, n- y-
1: you are the kid on the leash, writing a letter by you, a toddler. If you want to use less gas and you can find a way to make that work in your economy go for it. Like as long as your people have energy and they're happy, I don't care where it comes from, you know? And I think that's a whole nother conversation, right? I mean, get some nuclear in there. Why don't you? Um, And so, but, but, but my point is like, why would you buy it from the guy (laughs) That is that is such a bad actor and believes in the, and believes in this and not buy it from your allies like the people who see the world as you do to some extent. Yeah. So it's not like anyway.
0: Biden wasn't aware of this. I mean, he annexed Crimea while he was the vice president. In off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's not like he wasn't wasn't intimately connected to it. Let's let's go a step further. So we switched from Trump with this with this resolute, strong American foreign policy, which did a million of good things including being a contributing factor to the strongest economy we've had in in half a century in in the states um, yeah we we switch to this very mamby-pamby limp-wristed we are the world lenin-esque foreign policy where we just rub everybody's shoulders and hope that no one uh, reminds us that evil is a reality not just uh, an idea invented by capitalism well, it, you know bend your brain however you want to try and make that one work so you you move to that we green light Nord Stream 2 we stop our energy dependence we start buying barrels from from russia again and then last last year at the end of the year we learned that that russia is preparing for mobilization against ukraine what did america do nothing we did yeah. legitimately Nothing. We didn't impose sanctions. We didn't even threaten sanctions. In fact, a couple weeks before the conflict, while the Olympics were still going on, Joe Biden gets on TV and says that as long as it's a minor incursion, there will be no response from America. Are, are you retarded? Yeah. What? Even if that's true, who could be foolish enough to say it out loud?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things, Christopher, I think that was just so shocking as I was listening to the Five Thirty Eight podcast. Um, and one of the things that you're saying, you know, what's really strange right now is Biden is the American people find, you know, sanctions um, very popular right now as a way to deal with Russia. And people are really excited about that. But Biden doesn't seem to be getting any bump in his approval ratings by pursuing those policies. And I was like, no, duh. Right. Because the thing that is impossible for those people to understand is, is we believe this is the right thing to do. We think this idiot should have done something sooner. Yeah. Right. Well, and not and all, not only that, but like yes, and like
0: yes, and no one's exactly. going to say it yes. Is. Don't sanction Russia. They don't. They don't deserve it. They obviously deserve it. But mm. Biden's approval rating isn't whether or not a particular policy is popular. It's whether the, right. the cocktail of policies is sufficient, and it is woefully
1: insufficient. People are very angry about this president handling foreign policies ever since afghanistan yeah they're very unsatisfied and ukraine paints with the is the same paint is the exact same thing that we we saw play out there and so people rightfully do not think biden has the wherewithal to deal with this issue right and we continue to have them under his presidency, and I do believe they are avoidable, and I do believe they have the intelligence telling them otherwise in both instances. Yeah. So it's— Yeah, and, anyway. and let's be
0: very clear about this. Let's be very clear yeah. about this.
1: This does not happen without
0: Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a watershed— A well, yeah. watershed moment for American yeah. foreign policy, because whereas Trump comes into office and turns the desert into glass, dropping multiple MOABs, on on insurgents in the middle east biden comes into office lets 13 american soldiers get slain pointlessly gives up our air force base where we could perform a proper evacuation and tries to perform a a half evacuation out of out of um the local one runway airport In Afghanistan, while people are literally falling to their deaths after freezing from clinging to the the uh, landing gear of jetliners like this, it it was Mm. absolutely disgraceful. And what it said in, in clear relief is that America will not defend its interests. America will not defend its its allies. We resent our own hegemony. And we will act counter to it. And mm. and look, you could say, well, what about Hong Kong? And you know what? Valid point. Fair enough. I wasn't pleased with what happened in Hong Kong. To act like that's the same as Afghanistan is a fool's errand. And to act yeah. like like it's the same as what's happening in Ukraine is pure blindness. That there mm. was not an invasion. <laughs> there was there was political mingling, um, which I'm I'm not saying is good. It's horrible, but. The it, difference in kind, uh, not just in type. So it's it's it, it's not a perfect analog. It's not a perfect analog. And and yeah. yes, was Hong Kong not a perfect scenario? Sure. But then, of course, we had ISIS. We had uh, Jerusalem. We had these examples of America rearing it's it's head and pulling back its fist and showing the world that we we will throw our weight around. We won't resent the power that has been granted to us. And, and now mm. we've completely renegotiated it. And and, and yeah. so so here's here's something I think we can all agree on. The idea that we weren't putting sanctions uh, on Russia, not only not putting sanctions, but actually increasing our reliance on Russia after we had valid intelligence that telling us this attack was coming is an uh, unspeakable blight on the soul of america mm. there there is it was an unforced error that cost the lives of innocents yep it, it, it's it's irresponsible uncle ben would not be happy with what we've done with the great power that we've been given
1: yeah even though the Venom suit is really cool, yeah, it's cool.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll wear it um, one day. But but we we absolutely should have started sanctioning Russia right away. And Hunter, yep. let me let me tell you this. I here's where I think we'll, we we might get into some civil disagreements. I think reasonable people can disagree about several of these issues. But for my money, I don't know why ukraine wasn't a part of the eu a long time ago for my money i don't know why ukraine wasn't a part of nato a long time ago and i know that a bunch of conservatives disagree with me on this um you're going to disagree with me with what i think we should do now too (laughs) so i'll i'll take the i'll take the riskier side of this i suppose but if if we just say ukraine's a part of nato what does russia do yeah. What? What? What was the risk? What are they going to invade? Well, guess what? It happened anyway. At least then we would have a major deterrent on our hands. We've done no deterring. I, yeah. If we had loaded them up with sanctions beforehand, at least we have a deterrent in play. We did. We mm. did neither. We did yeah. neither. And, and, and to this very moment, we continue to not curtail our purchasing of of Russian uh, natural gas. It's just insane the And yeah. Russian oil, like why will President Biden not come out and say we're not buying another barrel of Russia from oil, and we're reopening uh pipelines and drilling here in America to ease yeah. ease the spend it doesn't make right. it, it doesn't make any sense.
1: It's very obvious why he's scared of his progressive base right and that that's what it is is like that I mean like it's the obvious call it's the obviously moral choice, and it's not happening because we don't want to ups- we don't want to rock the boat right. Um, you know you know Christopher, I think the point that you're making here uh, it, it, with the with the conservative is you know it, it's the isolationist uh, move and what's what's been striking I think in a lot of ways is how everyone's become isolationist, right And I actually think I agree with you and the fact that that's the wrong step for uh, for America in the global scene. I actually think that, what we are not supposed to be doing is being just focused on our own country and our own goals, because I think in a lot of ways, we are really the only power in the world that can allow other cultures, other countries to exist and protect them in doing that. I think that's one of the things that's noble about America. That well, that being said
0: that that and the idea that this isn't that this move by Russia isn't a direct challenge to the West is not true. And yep. no it and, is you'll you'll I'll speak about this more in in turn but this is likely not the end this I do not think that this will satisfy Putin and the idea that this goes away if Putin gets what he wants here I don't necessarily believe I believe that this will continue to be a thorn in the side of America for a long time yet to come. and I, I agree. When you don't, what would be best is provide a strong deterrent, right? Um, because usually a strong deterrent minimizes your actual payment because people don't want to mess with you. We've lost that opportunity at this point in regards mm. to this conflict with Ukraine. But the idea that showing disinterest now is not going to harm in America in the future seems to me incredibly short-sighted. So short-sighted, in fact, that our isolationism in this case seems to me to be motivated by a sense of resentment at our own hegemony.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think I actually agree with you there. I think, I think the only place I'll differ with you is I'm not sure if you want to put more countries in NATO and more countries in the EU. The reason being is that you want to have an open communication with a, with a, uh, with a nuclear capable country. Right. And even what am I trying to say is like, you, you might want to show a little good faith to that, to that individual, because it's extremely important that we don't engage. We do not go into a thermonuclear war. Right. And, but, yeah, and that's your the, take. That's my take. Uh, I I believe in that ardently. Um, <laughs> that we I know it's controversial. We shouldn't have a nuclear war. I think the battle in Ukraine was lost as far as the West is considered when it began. Because I think for a lot of the reasons we've talked about today, uh, about who we are as a people and everything like that, and who we've made our culture to be, and everything in those regards, that... We, we did not have the backbone to stand up. And if we had gone, and I remember waking up in the morning this all happening turned to my wife saying, "Hey, if Biden declares war, I think I have to enlist. like that that's where my heart is, you know, to some extent on on this battlefront. Um, but but I let me put it this way. It's probably the right thing to defend Ukraine and protect her and and everything and everything like that. But this America can't do it that's kind of where i where i laid where i come down on on this point is unfortunately i do not think we have the vision the insight and the capabilities to go overseas and actually do this right and i agree with you we're going to pay for this one day and this is where i think like we actually agree a lot more than i think you, you were talking about is like we should be the america you're talking about I, I i think i believe that 110% and we should be the person that pays for this thing I think we've lost this, and I think we're dealing with a thermonuclear power country, and that I think is the reasonable disagreement you're talking about yeah, more than yeah, anything. Yeah. Well, of course, and I, and I and I
0: resent the fact that you're saying that I'm being the idealistic one because uh, I'm not supposed to be the idealistic one, Hunter. Oh, my brand my is cold, hard pragmatism, and here you are trashing it <laughs> on the internet in front of everyone so- who's still <laughs> no, listening at this late I done? day. No, but I totally agree. Okay, so I'll I'll just put my cards on the table. We yeah. we've talked at length about how we got here and how our weakness got us here. Yeah. What do we do now? I don't know specifically, and, and the risk of ending the planet isn't a good risk. It's also not a good risk for Russia. So like, who's really got the stones? I don't know if even Putin does. Yeah. But yeah. No, you're right. I would be very considered about this fact. How long of a heads up would Russia get if we took them back to the Stone Age overnight? That would be a question that would be on the desk of my military advisors. I, I think it's deplorable that we aren't helping. I think it's, I think it's a blight on the soul of our country that we're not helping. And I don't mean helping by sending goods and services. I I mean, I mean bombing them back into 1942. That's what I mean. And, and I, I know that that would be very costly and I know that a lot of people would die and we have a we have a political system for all of its beauty that does incentivize the leadership to kick the can down the road. You know, when our, when our system was created, we were in a constant existential threat. Not only the existential threat of entering into a completely foreign and unknown world that was fraught with dangers of its own, and, and nature and primitive society that was trying to murder us are literally around every corner, but we had the biggest empires in the world breathing down our neck the entire time. And so it wasn't a question of whether or not we should defend liberty. It was the raison d'etre. But now we've become very decadent very comfortable and Mm -hmm. in that decadence and in that comfort the mantra of our system has been well it it let someone deal with it in four years and exactly a short-term goal if you're if your objective is re-election like yeah i understand why you would do that but it's not a good medium to long-term strategy in my estimation i don't think putin will quit i don't think that Ukraine will satisfy him. I think that this is a piper that is going to have to be paid and the best time to pay off your debts is right now today. If it's in your ability, the best time to do it is today. It will be worse tomorrow, it'll be worse the day after that. And that is that's not just true of this situation, it's true about the nature of the universe. It's true about the nature of sacrifice in itself and that is that is my take it will not be easier once putin has ukraine it will not be easier after many civilians and many innocents are dead and i know that thermonuclear war is an incredibly incredibly risky thing to threaten and that any involvement by america in a direct way a a direct non-clandestine way would be walking the knife's edge but I don't see it being better in 10 years. You know, and even if even if the piper that we pay isn't named Putin, I don't know that that it still doesn't have to be paid. So,
1: I I'll say these two things. You know, I think even Zelensky realizes America can't get involved. I think that's why he asked for ammunition not bodies. You know what I mean? Um I think he I think he gets that on a fundamental level, but I, I agree with everything you just said. Right, and I think that's I think that's the thing that people need to hear is what you laid out is is like the exact right course. Um, you know, you know, maybe the Stone Age line is a bit uh, is a bit too much, but I understand Cape the Bronze sentiment. Age. And I understand. Okay, <laughs> but you get what I'm trying to say there. I think. Yeah. Um. But.
0: But, but And let me just clarify, I, I mean that in that we we annihilate their economy, we annihilate their manufacturing, we annihilate their technology, we annihilate their military, we annihilate their nuclear capability, not the people, just to be clear.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly, that's the nasty part of war is that there are civilian casualties in there. But Absolutely. that's not the intention. And, and that, you know. When you kill civilians of another country, you endanger the civilians of your own country, and that's sad and it's true. Um, and you know, we would obviously never. Want it would that to be happen,
0: sadder but... if it wasn't true.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you know, um, I th- agree with everything you've laid out, and I am afraid it's a. It, it is a. I wish we would do that. Essentially, is what I want to say. Is I want to say that we had the America that could live that out. And I'm afraid, for the same reasons you're afraid, in, in what you're saying is that's a ca- That's a check that we cannot cash right now. Yeah. And and if if but but if we decided to, it would be the right call. If we decided to get serious and actually live out what that means, it's probably the what we should be doing right now. Um,
0: At least go out we, with a bang and not like a hollow men whimper. You know.
1: Sure. And if nothing else, we could. If nothing else. I think we both agree that all the distractions that we've had as a country, right, all the all the stupid stuff that has gotten in the way of living in the world, living in reality, the world that ignored Russia and China and our Iran, uh, you know, for so long, isn't a world we can afford to live in anymore. Yeah, right. And we have to become. It, it, Even if we decide to stay out of foreign wars, we have to become a better nation than this. You think think
0: that Putin wasn't watching our absolutely reprehensible, retrograde uh, army ads about being a queer lesbian with asthma and anxiety and being a warfighter? You think he wasn't watching that in the lead up to this invasion? If you think that they aren't watching that and laughing, laughing at how we've squandered our brilliance, you are a fool you are a fool yep. we have got we have got to rise above thinking that the most important thing in the entire darned world is whether or not people respect your freaking pronouns no one gives a shit there are people that are actually dying because we do not know what to do with the power that we've been given and if you don't use your power responsibly it won't be taken away it will be used against you and that is not a world that anybody can afford to live in and it, it is disgusting that we let our politicians sell us down the road with this social nonsense BS why while we enable the suffering of innocence. It is sickening yep. how weak and how decadent and how pathetic we have become. you they China laps it up, Russia laps it up, and God bless the people of those countries, but for the love of God, they do not want what you want. The oligarchy does not want what you want. They are not like you, and they don't give a crap about whether or not you can you can groom some seventh graders in your public school classroom they have they have darker designs in mind and until we get it through our our recidivist skulls that there are is evil in the world and the only thing that it takes for it to flourish is for good men in a position to do so to not do so we, we will continue to see this degradation of the stability that we had enabled back when we were strong.
1: And to that, God bless the people of Ukraine for living it out and showing us how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So glory to Ukraine. And thank you for showing us what it means to be a country that believes in itself I'm ti- and believes in its people. I'm tired. I'm tired
0: as an American of having to look to Soviet bloc countries and Canadian truckers to remember what it means to yearn to be free. Hmm. It's a sad. It's a sad state of affairs. And good on the EU for for doing what they're doing. Yes, we're too no, Mr. Schultz. Too keep late, it up. But but at least we're making moves, you know. So yes. Anyhow. Yes. Hey, total aside. Um, the most important thing right now, the most important thing, all the time, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And the people of Ukraine are suffering, and and their suffering matters more than our our musings and and wonderings and and questioning of of the system uh pain is real it's immediate it's probably the most real thing that there is not related to politics in any way whatsoever but uh we're aware of a humanitarian group that has means to assist the people in ukraine and so if you'd like to give and i implore you to give um i give i will give again shortly um is the group is called Engrave? Hunter, they have a URL or something that that we can direct people to.
1: I think it's in I think it's dot org. I'll confirm here real quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. www.engrave.org. Gotcha. So,
0: so yep. not affiliated uh, with with the show in any way. Yeah. Not affiliated with politics in any way, but just a a great humanitarian group that that has the the means ability to, to make yeah the channels to make make things better over there um, if if you feel so inclined give they need it more than we do so
1: yeah any absolutely if you pray pray for the people of ukraine if you have extra money send it their way and um work on your own soul so that stuff like this happens less you know stop lying. stop stop not living a meaningful life because that's that's how th- the people who lived in russia who saw it fall knew that was at the center of it so you, we should listen to them and make sure it stop it starts happening less in our world yeah. so yeah
0: and, and if you have any humanitarian bent within you pray that this is a wake up call and, and not another another ignored road marker on the highway to to solipsism so
1: right Taiwan's coming right Russia Russia won't stop so all right well get tested
0: I mean whatever dude just get (laughs) tested (laughs) hopefully hopefully next week brings good news so uh, pray for the people of Ukraine and get tested